It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Here in the home stretch, our final segment of this Tuesday edition of the show. My co my co-host, my partner, Mo Moten. He's a national NFL writer at Bleacher Report. You can follow him on Twitter at M-O-E-M-O-T-U-N. That's Mo Moten. And I am at L V Gully on Twitter. Please interact with us. We got a question for the mailbag, which we have on Thursday, of course, Mo, via Twitter. That was awesome. I love the people. Hey, however you want to get to us, you can mail it to us at mail at silverandblacktoday.com or you can hit up us individually, LV Gully or Momoton on Twitter or the show SNB Today. We'll take your questions however you want to send them. So always good stuff. And we appreciate you guys. And the discussion, right? This discussion, Mo, we're going to talk about tight ends. Of course, the Raiders made some moves. They got rid of Darren Waller. And so the Raiders need, I think, they have to be in the market to draft a young tight end. This tight end draft is really good when you especially, I'm not even talking about just the first round. You get past the first into the third and even the fourth round, there's going to be some good tight end selections here. So the Raiders, I think somewhere in that that third, fourth round, depending what happens before, of course, that's the big caveat, uh, will probably look to select one of these young bucks out of one of these schools to try to bring them in and develop them. We know that system, that McDaniel system likes the tight end. They like to go to that. We understand that from New England. Uh, and and there's some young guys out there. Now, Mo, let's start. First of all, top of the draft, when you look at kind of what I would I would consider the three top tight ends in the draft, of course, you have Dalton Kincaid out of Utah, you have Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame, go Irish, and you have Sam Laporta out of Iowa. Those are the top three the way I rank them. All of them great players, all of them most likely going to be gone by the top first uh, 10, 12 picks of the second round, those three guys. Out of those three guys, though, tell me which guy you like the most and why. I like Don Kincaid the most mm. out of those three guys. I believe he had a breakout year. I believe he had 890 receiving yards, and I believe eight or nine touchdowns, I believe eight touchdowns. I think he's the best pass catcher slightly him and mayor one a one b you know they're both going to be pretty good pass, uh catching the ball right out of the gate i think i'll let you wax poetically about mayor your notre dame irish <laughs> but i think don kate dalton kincaid is going to be all uh, the top pass catcher in this year's class wow. uh, that's my number one i have mayor number two i actually have darnell washington number three Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of people talk about his size. I believe he's like 6'6". Six, six. He looks like a, a NBA he's, forward. He's 6'7", 270. There you go. So he looks like an NBA forward out there on yes. the field. But he's actually a really good run blocker, which is great for the Raiders because you still have Josh Jacobs there. Yeah. And he would be a great asset on that line. He would be like another offensive lineman to have. So I think yes. Donald Washington, in my opinion, is the third best tight end. Yeah. I actually have Laporta as the fifth best tight end. And I mm. have... uh. Craft Tucker Craft out of South Dakota State. South Dakota State. So, yeah. So I, my order is a little bit different, but I didn't I, I didn't dig too much into um, Kincaid Mayor or Darnell Washington on my live stream simply because I was going through sleepers 
on Monday. And I think those three guys are going to go in the first and second round. So as you said, I agree with you. I think the Reds are going to draft a tight end in the third round. I wouldn't be surprised if they used that 100 pick that they got in return for Darren Waller to pick a tight end. And I think in that spot, you're going to be looking at Kraft, Tucker Kraft, Sam Laporta, Maybe even Shoemaker out of Michigan, who's my mm. who's another sleeper I have at the tight end position. But I would probably go with Tucker Kraft as my guy at, at pick number 100 if he's available. And then mm. Sam Laporte right behind him. Yeah, and I love Kraft too. I think Kraft will go higher. I think I think my in my view, by the way, I think Washington, if the Raiders were going to have a surprise tight end pick in the and I forgot they're second not down to 100 in the second round, if something happens that they move down, you know, pick pick 70, something like that, um, I, th- I could see Washington. Because to yeah, your point, he's an extra offensive lineman who can catch, and he's not just big like an offensive lineman and he catches balls. He's an athletic that 270. Athletic. And like you said, like, a, like an NBA player, like a, a forward. He is a guy that that is really special. And I think <laughs> I think Kraft there, too, he's going to be in that same ballpark uh, as, as Washington, a little lower maybe in the in the 80s or maybe low set or high 70s something like that and so I don't I don't disagree with you there and I think some of the guys that you look at though if you look at third and into the fourth round you that's probably some of the sleepers you're talking about so so mm-hmm. I'll let you get into those and and my first guy I want to mention and I want to get your comment you may have mentioned it because I didn't catch that part of your live stream which is and I hate saying this because I feel like I'm I'm Mike Mayock and John Gruden on the last two shows <laughs> falling in love with Clemson. But Davis Allen out of Clemson is a guy I think will be around that the Raiders, you know, in the one in the one one twenties, one fifteen, one thirty, depending on where they end up. I know they have that hundredth pick. Um, he is a guy to me by far has the best ball skills of any tight end in the draft overall, believe it or not. And to me, he's a guy who can do that. Not only that, I think he ran like a 4-8-40 at the Combine. So he's quick, too. This is a guy who's big and can handle the ball, so he's going to be sure-handed. What do you think of him? I actually haven't done as much digging as you, so I'll let you, I'll let you headline <laughs> that one and talk about finding some gems out there. I, you know, I, after the Mayock eulogy, I'm just done with Clemson. <laughs> I know. Um. <laughs> but when I, when I did my homework, I was like, are you kidding me? And I'm watching the film of this kid, and it was cut-ups, right? Cut-up film. Of course, I'm only getting highlights. Uh, but then I read a, several draft preview stuff before we went on the show, and and all of it pretty much in line with what I saw. And so a special kid there uh, as well. Yeah, one thing I won't do to people is lie to them and act like I, I've watched every prospect in this draft. Right. Like I right. said, I, I'm if I don't know enough about a prospect, I'm not going to make it up on the, on the fly <laughs> and say, yeah, this prospect is great when I haven't even dug into him. So again, I, I'll let you have the stage on that one. But I guess when once we get off of here, I'll, I'll take a deeper look at him because mm. I, not a lot of talk about him coming out of yes. so far. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had him uh, looking through everything. I had him in my kind of top 10, near the bottom of the top 10. But I'm going based on where the Raiders might and by my projection where they might draft a tight end. They could draft higher. Uh, but what do you, what, tell me some of your guys that you mentioned on Bleach Report. Tell me some of your dark horses for the Raiders at tight end. Well, I guess Sam Laporta and, and Tucker Kraft aren't dark horses, but when you're coming out of South Dakota State, people aren't going to give you a lot of pub because in certain mock drafts, I, I've seen I've seen Kraft anywhere between the second round and the fourth fourth round. Now, at Bleach mm-hmm. Report, our scouts have him in the second round. I, I took a peek at um, Pro Football Focus, and they're saying he's a he's a third rounder. And if you look at some mock drafts, they say he's a fourth round. I think that's a bit too low. 
I think he's definitely a day two prospect, but a lot of people are going to overlook him be, again because he's coming from South Dakota State, forgetting that Dallas Goddard has been a successful sure. or productive tight end out of South Dakota State. So I think Kraft is 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 not he's not a peak athletic tight end, but he's a rough and tough tight end. And he has a size that he's over. 250 pounds mm-hmm. he can give you something in the blocking game as well he's a better contested catcher than sam laporta and i think that's the main difference for me is that sam laporta although he's a good pass catcher not very good at catching balls in traffic he's going to have to work on that if he's going to be an asset in the red zone because you know that's when it gets gets crowded a lot of bodies so he's going to have to learn how to use his body use his frame to get those contested balls and if he does that i think he could be a tight end one in the league the thing I love about Kraft, Mo, is his ability to break tackles. Uh, that was yes. evident in the mm-hmm. film as you watch him. Now, I know mm-hmm. you might say, oh, it's South Dakota State. It doesn't matter, though. He breaks tackles, and I think that that is something important for that position. It gets you those extra yards. You know, The difference in two yards in the NFL on the tight end on a quick pass out to the sideline or to the middle, wherever you may be doing it, could be a first down. I like that, and I think you're right, that toughness. He's not the mm-hmm. biggest guy. Right, he's not going to look like the most athletic tight end, but he catches the ball well. He runs routes well, even the tight end. He can block well as well. He's not, he's not. I wouldn't say a premier blocker, but he is a good blocker. And so, to me, you look at him and you say, "Wow, this kid. He's he's kind of that alpha dog that we, you would love to root for." And and I think just fits the Raiders' kind of attitude. What you're looking for in a tight end is even if he's not the best blocker at this stage in his career going into NFL, is he a willing blocker? Is he willing to stick his nose in there? And I think that's what Kraft is willing to do because he has that toughness about him. Whereas Sam Laporta, I think with with his pass catching, you talked about Kraft's ability to break tackles. Sam Laporta is a little more of a slippery guy where he's going to rack up yards as a catch by getting away from guys. I think he's a little little better than Kraft in in that aspect. So, again, there are some differences. There are some similarities between the two. But I think those are the two guys. If the Raiders aren't going to pick a tight end in the first or second round, I think both those guys are going to be available early in the third round at the very latest. Absolutely. And um, a couple other guys that I look at too, Luke Schoonmaker out of Michigan is another guy. He's not, again, he's not going to be a guy who's special, but he does have some breakaway speed to get him past line. I can see him pulling away from linebackers in the NFL. So he's a guy I like as well. But again, I think 35 catches, maybe 400 some yards um, uh, his final season at Michigan. Uh, didn't score a lot, but that's okay. I think you look at you look at players as developmental. You look at where they could do it. Past that, anybody else lower on? I have I have one dark horse only because I saw him play here in Cincinnati, and that is uh, Josh Wiley out of Cincinnati, who's a guy I could see going way late in the draft, so five or six. And I know those guys have a, a up and down whether or not they're going to make it. But uh, I went deep on my list there, and he's just a guy that I've seen play. Look at that. Scott's a tight end specialist on this show. I, you know what I'm surprised? Neither of us have mentioned Luke Musgrave out of Oregon State. Oh, and, yes. I, and I think it's and I think it's because Luke Musgrave's pass catching numbers aren't great. Right. So you're like, well, the, if the Raiders are looking for a pass catcher, it's not going to be Luke Musgrave. But I, I think that he deserves at least an honorable mention because <clears throat> he's he's a top five tight end in a mm-hmm. lot of people's um draft rankings. So Luke Musgrave, just a name to put out there. One of our listeners out there, Annie, she's a Luke Musgrave guy, and I know she's uh, been touting his name. I, I believe she's in, he's played in her neck of the woods, maybe, or she's just had a, an affinity for Oregon State tight ends. But I think Luke, Luke Musgrave is a guy who may be more of a balanced guy, more of a blocker that you're looking for if you, if you go in that route. 
Yeah, and I think one other guy to watch, uh, because he was one of those combine freaks, and that's Zach Kuntz out of mm -hmm. Old Dominion, okay? Yep. The guy was a beast, right? But again, it's one of those combine things. It's the kind of guy you have to take kind of a flyer on and say, okay, I mean, I'm thinking fifth, sixth round here. I'm not thinking that he's going to be a, a top four round pick, uh, but he had a great, great combine. And so you look at these guys, and when you get to that level of the draft, you really are just kind of gambling. I mean, it really is. It's red or black. You're throwing your money on the roulette table <laughs> and and hoping somebody sticks, right? Four, the first four rounds a little different when you get to five, six and beyond it's it's one or five and six you get you get to the point where you're kind of just looking at raw talent and saying hey sort of like an anthony richardson yeah maybe um i know everybody wants to draft him in the first round but anyway so so i think that this tight end group though again as you can see from what we discussed mo third fourth even into the fifth round you have some guys who who can be nfl roster players in my view what up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, it's definitely a deep tight end class. I know a lot of fans are some fans are sore about the Raiders trading Darren Waller. Mm -hmm. A lot behind that story, but if you ever needed a tight end, this would be the class to need it in because, as you said, there's there's guys at the top that I think can contribute right away. There are guys in the middle rounds that I think can come in and contribute right away. So the Raiders can find their replacement. I'm not saying they're a full replacement for Darren Waller, a guy that's going to do everything Darren Waller did in the passing game. But let's be honest, Darren Waller wasn't the best blocker, and I think they can get right. more of one of the prospects in this class in that aspect. Yeah, and it's interesting. We're, we're at that time before the draft where, where things can get kind of kooky, right? We, we've talked about some of the mock draft trades that we which had writer earlier from, from NFL.com and whatnot. But, Mo, we're going to, on this show, continue to delve into the players as we move on later in the week. And then, of course, as we get some guests on, Next week, we talked about Baldy coming on on the 20th, uh, and we have other guests coming on as well to start to break down some of this because how, you know, the draft is really an interesting, um, I think, dynamic, especially if you're the Raiders with all the needs they have because whatever happens before you and whatever other moves are made, they can have ripple effects, right? You don't know where some guys are on the board of other teams, and suddenly there's a guy you got to have, and guess what? Somebody above you need has the same need, and suddenly you find yourself having to give up capital or having to give up players or whatever to go get the guy you need. And so I think it's going to be fascinating to watch because, again, this is Dave Ziegler and his coaching staff and his scouting staff. This is their full first complete draft, meaning they have the first rounder, they have the second rounder. They did not have that last year with the Devontae Adams trade. So this is going to be fascinating to see how they go. And I know everybody will be fixated at the top of the first round and what they do there. But remember where the Raiders, yes, they blew a round of first round picks under the previous regime, but where they really fell backward in the, in the way of player development was not drafting well with the exception of a couple players, i.e. Renfro and Crosby in those middle rounds. Absolutely. I'm just, like I said, I've had conversations with, Raider fans over social media. And it, it's kind of disheartening that a lot of fans just aren't interested in this draft as much as I think 
not that I, not that I think they should be because fans can do what they want. However you want to, you know, sure. fan and, and be interested, that's up to you. But I, I just think there should be a little more excitement about this year's draft. But I get the the the, the I don't want to say depression, but the skepticism around Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziggler to not get it right. Right. Raiders fans have dealt with a lot of crap draft classes, so I get that too. And and let's be honest, Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziggler haven't really earned their trust to say, okay. I think they could draft well and, and have, you know, five stars, four stars from this class. But I, I just want to stress to Raiders fans out there listening that let's remember that the fault of Reggie McKenzie's classes and John Gruden and Mayak's classes, you can't put that on Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels. Right. Dave Ziegler had one year where he's in charge of the draft with the Patriots, and he had one year at the Raiders where he didn't have his first or second round pick. All I'm saying is that, with the amount of picks that the Raiders have and the, and the talent in this year's draft class, there is something to be excited about because, again, if Ziggler can hit on a handful of these picks or even four of these picks, you're working with something here. And if if as bad, and I mentioned early, this early in the show, as bad as the last two regimes have been at drafting, they've been able to find some some high-caliber players. Yeah. Khalil Mack, I know people want to say, Khalil Mack fell to the Raiders. I mean, he came out of Buffalo. Right. Didn't have a lot of didn't have a lot of buzz. I mean, he he had some buzz, but could you had really said this guy is going to be an All Pro player and defensive player of the year candidate? Max Crosby coming in 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 the fourth round. If those if those regimes can get players at that level, you know, at four from Buffalo and in the middle of the draft in 2019, this class can can pick up some gems. And I and I think this is a time. As I said on Twitter. You can gripe about the Patriot way and former Patriots all you want, but the regime, this regime, Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziggler, it boils down to how well they draft this year and yeah. next year. And yes, they will probably be around next year because I don't see Mark Davis pulling the plug on this group after two years unless Josh McDaniels loses the locker room. And Mo, remember, I understand Raider Nation and their their idea, and I think it's actually smart that they are managing their own expectations. Yeah. They're, they're assuming oh, yeah. the worst and hoping for the best, <laughs> right? They, they just are, and, and I get it after the number of years, and I have fans tell me all the time on Twitter, I get it. So I understand. I don't think it's a bad strategy for them. So, so if, they, you know, if they screw up the number seven pick or wherever they pick, if they move up, whatever it is, um, then they're going to say, yeah, see, here we go again. If they don't, then maybe, just maybe, we'll start to see some excitement about the the rest of the draft after we get past day one, especially, uh, and see what goes on there. But but I get it, I understand it, and and listen, Dave Ziegler's got a lot to prove. He does. Him, they they have to put together a draft class. They have to show, I think, a large step forward. I'm not saying they're going to win a division, but I'm saying they need to fill spots. They need to find young talent that show out in camp, and then of course show out next football season it's going to be interesting to watch and of course we're going to be here with all of you doing it as well mo i know you got a lot of stuff going up on bleacher report this coming week what else you got for folks to look out for i actually have a another raiders live stream show coming up on the 17th the same time 6 p.m on monday and then it gets into the nitty-gritty i i think I'm going to have a piece on fact or fiction because you know what happens a week out of the draft or a week and a half outside of the draft. You hear all sorts of rumors. So I'll help you guys and gals out there sort out what's fact and what's fiction, in my opinion. What should you look at as a smokescreen and what could be closer to the truth and reality? That's right. So make sure you follow Mo on Twitter. I'll put it up there on the screen for those of you on YouTube. M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am at LV Gully. 
It's always a pleasure to talk with all of you. And Mo, of course, always to be with my friend on the air talking about Raiders football. We'll see you on Thursday, my man. Absolutely. Chin up, Raider Nation. Be, be a little <laughs> more excited about the track because, you know, big things could happen. That's right. All right, Mo, we'll talk to you on Thursday. For all of you, uh, thank you for being with us. Again, one more plea for you. If you don't already subscribe to the podcast, please do so wherever you get your audio. Just search Silver and Black today. Hit subscribe. Put on your auto download on your phone, whether you're on an iPhone, Android, wherever. Just do that for us. For those of you on YouTube, hit subscription. Hit the notifications bell so you know every time we have a new video also a thumbs up is there it's great thank you all again for the lively chat in here on youtube it's always great we appreciate you being with us for our producers david stepanian for my co-host mo moton i am scalpel branson this has been silver and black today an odyssey podcast have a great week everybody